Hey there, birth nerd. You're listening to the Birth Worker Podcast. My name is Kylie Banks, and I am totally obsessed with birth and equally obsessed with business. And this is the show where I help women turn their passion for birth into a sustainable, profitable, and most importantly, impactful career. All right, let's get into it. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Birth Worker Podcast. You're listening to episode 120, and it is Friday, so I'm answering three of your questions in 15 minutes or less today. If you have never submitted your question for the podcast, it is actually really, really easy and really simple. So all you have to do is go to birthworker.com slash ask, A-S-K, and you can submit your name and your question right there. And hey, you don't know, maybe I will answer your question next week on the podcast. I would love to. We are always looking for submissions for questions. So if you listen to the podcast, if you're a regular listener, or if you're brand new here, welcome. Go ahead and submit those questions. I would love to answer them, not only for you, but for all of the other listeners, because I know if you're thinking it, someone else is definitely thinking it too. All right. The first question we have today is from Gabriella, and Gabriella says, hey, Kylie, what would you do as a doula in the event that you miss a labor and arrive after the baby has been born? Now, the first thing I want to say here is that this has never actually happened to me personally, (laughs) so everything I say is a little bit hypothetical, uh, though I do coach doulas inside of our doula training program, Birthworker Academy, so I do coach my students on what to do in scenarios like this. Now, there are several situations that could potentially lead to a doula missing a birth. This could be something like a power outage or maybe the internet is down or I'm from Florida or I lived in Florida. So like a hurricane potentially. It could also be something as simple as like the mom never called you. Uh, Another one that I see all of the time is that the baby just comes really fast. I know I, I recommend my doulas who are in our training program to put a clause in their contract that states, how long it's going to take them to arrive at the client's house. Typically, I would say it's around two hours, depending on how big your your range is, your like mileage for what kind of areas you serve. But sometimes a client will text you or their partner will text you or call you and you are at the grocery store and you have to get home and call the babysitter and all those things. And before you can get to their house, even if it's within that two hour window, sometimes the baby is born. So there's so many reasons that you might miss a birth. Now, that being said, because there's so many different reasons, I think there have to be so many different ways that you would handle the situation based on the reasoning behind why you missed that birth. So the first thing that I want to say is, If you do find yourself missing a birth, maybe for that last reason where it's just a precipitous labor and the baby comes really fast, I want you to know that as a birth doula, you can still show up and offer support, like immediate postpartum support. And that's absolutely what I would do if I was in this scenario. So just because you miss the labor itself doesn't mean that like your job is done. Uh, If you're a brand new doula and you've never been to a birth, this might be a foreign subject for you, but there's a lot to do after the baby is born. And this is whether it's a hospital birth, home birth, really 
regardless. It doesn't matter. Um, I mean, you could let's we're talking like the most basic, simple thing could be like, can you go grab like the mom's favorite food from her favorite restaurant and bring it to her to like eat at the hospital? Or can you go to their house and do a couple loads of laundry so they can come home to a clean house? Or if it was a home birth, can you go and help take apart the the birth pool and clean up the shower and and, you know, make some food? There's so many like little things that you can do. And honestly, really big things that you can do in that immediate postpartum period to still come and show show up and support. So that is something that I would do. Now, in the case of like a hurricane or a power outage or something like that, you probably are not going to do those things. And then it comes and then we can ask ourselves the question of, okay, but when do you offer a refund then? So if there is a hurricane and you can't go to the, the birth because no one's allowed to leave their house, do you offer a refund? That's a really good question. If uh, the internet is down or there's a power outage and you just never got the phone call because of something that's out of your control, do you offer a refund? That's also a really good question. So what I what I want to say to this is that it totally depends on your contract and the conversations that you've had with your client. So I suggest that every single doula in the world, especially the doulas inside of our programs, have a section of their contract, like a clause in their contract that explains in detail under which scenarios would a refund be given. Now, a lot of times that's going to look like really there's no refunds for a lot of a lot of doulas. Maybe there are other doulas that would have a bunch of scenarios where a refund would be given, whether that's full refund, partial refund, whatever you decide, there's really no right or wrong answer here. Just make sure that you are having it in your contract. Now, I want to give my opinion and I it's a biased opinion, but this is what I think doulas should do as well. If you miss a birth because of the birth happened really fast, I would not give a refund. If you miss a birth because a client never called you or texted you, I would not give a refund. If you miss a birth because of unforeseen circumstances like a power outage or a hurricane, I would not give a refund. And the reason is, is for my business specifically, I'm only taking a certain amount of births per month. And so it's, it's like the way I set up my business is set up to serve that amount of women per month and that amount of women per year. So I'm actively turning clients away. So let's just say if a birth happens really fast and this a client wants a refund, that is not really fair, not only to me, but also to all of the clients that I said no to uh, when I turned them away because I was already full, right? So that's just a belief that I have. Now, that being said, that doesn't mean that I just say, nope, you're shit out of luck. Like, see ya. No. So something else that I have done in the past and you guys can do too is you can offer to actually switch your support, let's say from birth support to postpartum support. Now, if you're not a a postpartum doula and you're like, I do not want to offer postpartum support, that's not my jam, that's okay too. I've actually even had a scenario where I didn't make it to a client's birth because it was a hospital birth and she had COVID, so I I was not allowed and no one was allowed like in the hospital. And so what I did is I offered to pay for a postpartum doula for her out of the money that I received for being her doula. So there are other ways that you can do this. And just because you don't give a refund, again, I just want to make it clear, just because you don't give a refund doesn't mean that you're screwing someone over or anything like that. There are other ways that we can do that. Now, if you would love to offer postpartum support, you can do that too. So 
I I say that like typically the births I attend average out to be about 12 hours. Like I'm supporting them for 12 hours. A ton of births that I attend are two, three, four hours. A ton of births I attend are 48 hours. And so I just kind of even that out to about 12 hours. So if I completely miss a birth for let's just say there's a hurricane and so I completely miss a birth, I might actually offer 12 hours of postpartum support instead because I didn't go to that birth. So that's another way that you could think about it. That being said, I just I just want to make it clear that there's no right or wrong way to do it. Just make sure it's in your contract and make sure you're having conversations with your clients so nothing is a surprise. All right, the next question we have today is from Jackie. And Jackie says, hey, Kylie, I have two different businesses and I want to combine them into one birth work business. Can you help? Yes. So Jackie, we actually have a lot of students inside of our programs right now that are kind of going through the same thing. I'm going to use the example of a massage therapist. Um, and I actually just had a conversation with a client who's an acupuncturist and a doula. Um, and we also have a lot of clients who are like fitness instructors and doulas. So I see I see it all the time, whether it's, you know, body work and birth work or, you know, acupuncture, you know, alternative medicine and birth work, fitness and birth work. I see it all of the time. So really where you have to start when we're having this conversation or where we have to start when we have this conversation is you have to ask yourself, do the two different businesses that you're combining have the same audience? And the reason we need to make sure that, that those two groups have the same audience is because if you are trying to make content for two vastly, wildly different groups of people, it's it's not going to be okay. Like neither group is going to enjoy it and they're all going to unfollow. Like no one's going to read your blog. They're going to land on your website and be horribly confused and it's just not going to be helpful. Um, so one of the conversations I had the other day during the coaching call that I do every week inside our birth worker community, I do like a business coaching call. I had a conversation with someone who's an acupuncturist and with her acupuncture business, she also serves men men of all ages, women of all ages, acupuncture. And she wanted to combine it with her birth work business. And I kind of I kind of shared this, this idea or this new way of thinking about it where I was like, imagine a man goes to your Instagram and on your Instagram, every other post is about birth. Is that man going to want to follow you on social media? Probably not, to be honest, right? But a way that this woman could have done this is that she could have said, okay, I understand. I'm actually going to switch my niche in acupuncture. So in my acupuncture practice, I'm actually going to mostly serve, you know, pregnant women or, or mothers or preconception, fertility, that kind of realm. Now, if you take that, that, same, that same question, which were where I asked, you know, if you were making posts about birth on Instagram, would those acupuncture clients still follow you? Would they find that interesting? And I am willing to say that, yes, that helps a lot, right? So same, let's just say like you're a fitness trainer and you want to combine your businesses. Is there any way that the fitness business that you want to combine with your birth business can be niched down or narrowed down so you're only serving women, you know, prenatally, postnatally? So you're not serving men and women of all ages. And again, the reason is, is we want people to land on your website or on your social media pages or on your blog, and we want them to feel like you're talking to them. 
And that's a little bit impossible if those two different audiences are so incredibly different with totally different goals and values and ages and yada, yada, yada. So you have to ask yourself, do the two audience of the two businesses have the same goals or the same um, hobbies, the same likes, the same fears, the same values? And if the answer is yes, then I am all for combining your businesses into one. And if the answer is no, then I urge you to potentially find a way to narrow down one of your businesses to make it so you can combine them. And the reason I say that rather than just keeping the business completely separate is that it's it's hard to have one business do really well. And it is exponentially harder to have two businesses do really well. So I don't want you to water everything down and have like nothing succeed. And then for you to think that you failed and quit and close your business and go back to work or job you don't like. That's not what I want. I would way rather you choose one, even though that might be a really hard choice, and really succeed in that one. And then, hey, once that one is succeeding and once you get your system set up, you'll find a lot of time to go back and do that other niche. But as you're just getting started, let's see if we can either either combine the businesses or just choose one to really put all of your energy into. All right. The last question for today is from Destiny. And Destiny says, hey, Kylie, what do you do if you're not great at writing or you're not good with wording? Destiny says, I avoid making a lot of content because I just don't think I'm a good writer. Destiny, you are absolutely not alone. That's the first thing I want to say. Um, The other thing that I want to say is that I really want you to change the way that you think about how you write. I really want you to change your goal around your writing. And I want you to think of it as instead of trying your hardest to immediately get good at writing content, whether that content is emails or website pages or social media captions or blogs, doesn't matter. I want you to change your mindset to say, my first 500 emails are going to (laughs) suck. My first 500 Instagram posts are going to suck. But you have to get through the suckiness to get those reps in for you to get good at it one day. And yes, sometimes people come to me and they're just so naturally good at copywriting, but I'd say the majority of people are in the same place as Destiny, where it's just not something that they've practiced a lot. Now, something else I want to say is that Destiny, the only thing that makes me different than you when it comes to copywriting is that I just have more reps. I've written more emails. I've made more social media posts. I've updated my website more. And so it's not that I am inherently this amazing copywriter. I have just so much practice and I have gotten better and better and better over time. And now, to be honest, I am a phenomenal copywriter. And if you landed here on this podcast from any ads that I've written or from our social media, you know that I'm a good copywriter because that's why you're here today. So that's one way you can go about it is reframing your mindset. Another thing that you could do is you could actually, instead of just pulling up a Google Doc and writing, you can actually use voice memos first. And this actually, I feel like I could talk about copywriting forever. So maybe I'll make another podcast episode coming up just about copywriting. But one of the number one ways that you can make your copywriting better is to just make it more conversational. I want the words you write on a page, whether it's a blog or a website or a caption or an email, I want them to read like you are saying them, not like a novel, right? So we're not trying to make our English 
our high school English teachers proud. <laughs> we are trying to write words on the computer exactly how we're speaking them. And so in order to do that in a really easy way, you could just do a voice note or a voice memo on your phone, like say what you want to convey in this email post, whatever, and then just transcribe that and turn that into the actual copywriting for that email. So that's something that I encourage a lot of my students to do. To be honest, I encourage some of my staff members to do that too. So if anyone on my team needs to write something for my brand and they're having a hard time conveying my voice, the number one thing that I try and fix first is just the the conversationality. Is that a word? Conversationality. <laughs> the the amount that it sounds like it's being spoken rather than just read. That's what I want them to change. The other thing I want to say is that you can always lean on ChatGPT. Now, ChatGPT is not going to inherently like give you good copywriting. It really depends on the prompts that you give it. But if you just have a really hard time starting, ChatGPT would be a really good place to start. And then you can just go in and edit it. And I just want to be clear that ChatGPT is not going to sound fantastic. ChatGPT is probably not going to do a great job being conversational at the beginning, but it is a really good place to start if you're having a hard time even getting those first sentences down on paper. And how fun that you asked this question right now, because we literally just brought on a copywriting coach inside the Birth Worker Community Membership. So if you are new here, or maybe you've been around for a while, maybe you've heard me talk about our community a little, there are almost 300 amazing visionary birth workers inside the Birth Worker Community Membership. You can join monthly as a monthly member, totally, and get access to all of the, the perks and the coaching and the community and the workshops. But just so you know, if you jump into any of our core programs, so that's our Birth Worker Academy, which is our doula training program, our Childbirth Educator training program, or the Doulapreneur Method, which is our business course. If you jump into any of those, you actually get one entire year inside of our coaching community completely for free, which is over a $900 value. You would get that totally for free. So we just added added a copywriting coach to that community. So now not only are you getting my eyes on your business every week, you also have another doula or birth worker coach, Evan, who coaches every single week. We have guest speakers. We have workshops. We have an amazing community. You now also have access to my copywriter. She's amazing. Her name is Shay. She has been a copywriter for my business since I want to say 2021. So a very long time now. Uh, one of the longest contractors I've ever had in my business, which is so cool. But every single week, if you're a member of our community, every single week, you can actually turn in your emails, your captions, your website pages, anything that you write, you can turn it into our, my copywriter, Shay, who's now your copywriter coach, and you can actually see her audit it in real time. So she gets on Loom and she records a video of her giving uh, feedback via Loom video. And you can do that every single week. So every single week, you can submit the Instagram posts that you have coming up for the week, the email that you have coming up for the week, sales pages for your new programs, the sales pages for your doula support, like anything that you write with words, anything that's copywriting, you can turn into your new copywriting coach. So that is so cool. I know uh, all of our community and our members are so excited to be able to pick Shay's brain because Hey, if you've ever loved like the emails that I've sent or the posts that I've made over the last three years, uh, Shay definitely has some part in that. So 
very excited to bring her on board and give my students access to her. If you want to jump into the community and you just want to pay monthly or get an annual pass, just go to birthworker.com slash community. And if you're actually interested in something a little bit more, if you want to follow one of my frameworks, maybe you want to jump into my business course to learn my entire framework for taking your doula business and putting it online, then just go to birthworker.com and check out all of our programs. And if you need help choosing which program would be the best program for you, send me a DM on Instagram. I'm on Instagram at birthworker podcast. I've made it very easy for you to remember at birthworker podcast. You'll find the link to that Instagram in the show notes as well. And I'll also drop the link to my website and the link to join the community in the show notes too. All right, everyone. I can't wait to see you over inside of our community. And also of course, right back here on the podcast next week. Have a wonderful weekend.